Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on iTunes and at facebook.com slash DCAU Review. Now, here's today's episode. Hey, everyone. It is episode 21 of the DCAU Review. I am your host, Cal, along with me, as always, as we always say every single time, my co-host, good brother, and friend, Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 21 of the DCAU Review. We've got an interesting one today. Uh, I think That's putting it nicely. <laughs> I think everybody who's a fan of this, who would be listening to this podcast probably knows of this episode, but it is not particularly well-liked. And why would you think... Well, let's tell the good people at home what it is. It is episode... uh, I guess... I've lost count. Depending on how you count the two-parter of Two-Face and stuff like that, I think it's... 15, 14? uh, I think it's 13. 13. uh, Officially in the run order, if you count Two-Face as two parts. Alright. But, uh, point being, it's... I've got Batman in my basement. A a legendarily not (laughs) well-received episode. And... Okay, so we've talked a lot in this uh, in our 20 episodes thus far about how these, first and foremost, are marketed as children's cartoons. They were shown, sure. yes, they were shown in prime time, but first they were shown on afternoon, uh, weekday afternoons at 3 o'clock or 3.30 uh, on Fox Kids uh, for the kids that come home from, when they come home from school. So these are children's cartoons. So while we had an episode last week where we talked a lot about mob bosses and drug <laughs> drug dealers and mob boss territories and yeah. uh, being uh, uh, drug addicts. Uh, they have to find some sort... They must have had some sort of agreement or recognize, uh, recognition that their audience, at least a small to medium portion of their audience of who they're marketing towards, are people that are under the age of 13. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'll just come out here. We can kind of jump right into what we think of the plot. Uh, I was not offended by this episode. <laughs> and that's saying... that's that, And that's a good thing. That, right, we, yeah. Now, there have been several episodes thus far that we've covered where there has been some offense taken. One of them, the Underdwellers. Sorry, Dollar in the <laughs> Underdweller Jar. Second one being uh, Brave New Metropolis. Yes. Uh, and that was because they dealt with re- real-life-ish uh, stuff and incorporated it in the case of the Underdwellers. Correct. Another Dollar in the Underdweller Jar. Um, <laughs> that, you know, involved children. Sure. And I will say, this, to me, this episode is the right kind of bad, if you're going to be bad. Okay. Because we did, like, awful bad in a way that not only is it not a good story, in our opinion, but it's also makes us uncomfortable with something like Brave New Metropolis or, uh, darn, another dollar in the Underdweller's jar. <laughs> um, it's, we're going to be rich. But there's also episodes that we've covered, like Father's Day or something, which isn't 
terrible by any means, but it's kind of boring. Right. It's not it's not a particularly exciting. It's not going to, you know, it's going to end up at the bottom of the list not because it's a terrible episode, but just cuz not a lot happens in you, it. It's you know not what? memorable. You know what I thought about as you're saying this and we have not talked about this before going on, but I think going forward it would be good to talk about the rewatchability of episodes. Mm. Um, you know, some of the episodes that we've covered so far. Uh you know, POV, I'll go back and watch that. I could watch that a hundred times. In yeah. fact, I watched it again this week. Um, you know, you could talk about uh, Late Mr. Kent. Absolutely. That's, oh, yeah. That, that rewatchability is going to rank high on that scale. This episode, Underdwellers, dollar in the Underdweller jar. <laughs> Man, so many dollars in the Underdweller jar today. Um, that's going to that's gonna rank lower on that side of things. But, so... Would you say, as far as rewatchability, this episode would be towards the bottom still? Probably. Like, if someone asked me, who had never watched this show, give me 10 to 25 episodes that I need to watch. This obviously would not be on that list. Right. But if they were decided, I'm going to watch it from the beginning and watch it all the way through, I wouldn't, like, demand they skip that episode. Right. I would probably tell them to skip The Underdwellers. Or if they're like, well, do I need to watch every single episode? I'd be like, nah, skip that one, skip that one. This one, I'd be like, eh, it's a fine little... Like, it's bad, but it's funny kind of bad, and it's... It's cute. Yeah. It's got... And if you want to watch something with your kids that yes. doesn't have to deal with, you know, a person being mentally and physically scarred for <laughs> the rest of their life, in the case of Two-Face, or, you know, cop stakeouts in POV, and you're looking to, for something to be, you know, more kid-friendly, this is a very kid-friendly episode. Yeah, so I think that that is helpful to look at. Uh, and for those of you who, who don't remember, it it's basically this, what do we count? Batman has like five lines in the whole, whole yeah, episode. Yeah, it's mostly the, it's basically Home Alone featuring Batman is what we <laughs> discovered. Yeah, imagine that. There's a there's a good a good homage to Home Alone uh, in in the middle of the episode. Uh, it's a good thing that Bat- Batman must have added the security features to his utility belt after this episode because <laughs> those kids broke into his utility belt with ease and were hurling those weapons around like uh, like nobody's business. There's a lot of episodes in the original run I feel like where people can just take that belt right off them like it's just a regular buckle. Right. <laughs> and uh, also apparently yeah just pull the weapons out of it and use them but I guess we can give, go ahead and give our scores for plot. Um, Please do. I went 3 out of 10. Again this is not a great example of like writing or interesting characters. So but like I said it's the good kind of bad but I did I feel like it's still bad. Right. And you still have to it's something like if you've ever seen like the the awesomely bad movie The Room or or have heard of it it's uh, you know this kind of cult movie that got big because that's it's the one so they bad. did the movie about the guy yes, that made the, the movie. Yes, that's the one right? they just did a disaster Franco. artist that okay. came out last year. But it's like you can you can address something as being I enjoyed this because it was bad, but it's still bad. So I still had to give it three out of ten personally. Yeah, it's ironic. Uh, we rarely agree on this podcast, <laughs> but uh, yeah, my score was exactly the same, three out of ten. I, I could not take it below. I wanted to give it two, a two. I could not force myself to bring it towards the underdwellers. Yeah. Dang it, another dollar. <laughs> Uh, Going which broke was, on this podcast. So we, we tied, we tied uh, scores there at uh, three each. 
uh, for this and uh, and that other episode that we <laughs> we didn't like. Uh, so yeah, three out of ten for the plot. It's it's fine. There's a couple of things that I pointed out. We talked about the kid mentions the Batcave by name. Yes, he does. So we were like, so is that public knowledge that Batman has a Batcave that he lives in, or is that like, oh, bats live in caves, so he must his home is called a Batcave, like. It seemed yeah. more like the former than the latter, but uh, you know, it, it was just kind of. Something I, yeah, that I stuck guess out. you can explain it away if if you want to. But uh, yeah, it seems like these kids had a certain knowledge of Batman. The kid, uh, this kid Sherman, who is a junior detective and future who, psychopath, <laughs> who I believe was only named Sherman so that they could use the line "Sure thing, Sherlock." Yes. And as the uh, the older quote unquote kids who sounded as you pointed out like thirty to forty year old men <laughs> voicing them. Yes, uh, but we haven't really talked about what the plot actually is here. Yeah, what what exactly happened? So Batman is chasing the penguin, uh, chases him to this uh, hideout where the kids have also uh, arrived because they followed uh, Penguin's giant pet vulture. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, actually. That's the coolest part um, of this episode. So they all convene in this spot. Batman is getting the kids out of harm's way, comes back in to stand triumphant over the penguin, gets gassed because he's an idiot, and <laughs> then he's like incapacitated for uh, the nine, 90% of the episode. And these children who make a point of saying the, the girl wants to call the police... And Sherman, the future murderer, tells her, no, I'm not going to call the police because detectives have to protect their clients. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. But, uh, and yes, and then, so Penguin and his henchmen and the vulture arrive at their house, and the kids have to protect him, as you mentioned, using Batman's utility belt and uh, weapons and the Batmobile itself, and... Then finally, Batman recovers in time to have a duel with the Penguin. The Penguin has a sword coming out of his umbrella. Batman fights him off with a screwdriver. It's either one tiny sword or one gigantic <laughs> screwdriver, whichever you're looking at there. Yes, but uh, so it's it's quite a mess, as we said. I think we both gave it three out of ten here. But and so after as we were discussing this before we went on, we did notice a lot of similarities, and maybe this is a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, nod to the 60s Batman in a couple yes. different ways. Uh, Adam West portrayal. Batman is, again, very silent in this episode, but he's introduced to Sherwood's mom, and his only response is, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> that was very Adam West-ish. And then and, he's asked if he's single. And he, right, right, right. And and also, Penguin's henchmen are named after birds. Yeah. And Penguin himself, some of his... Uh, his vernacular, I would say, is modeled, in this episode at least, it'll be interested to see going forward, but in this episode is modeled, he's an intellectual, but it's, he uses the the, the type of dialect where you use, what's that, alliteration, where you yes. use the, the same same letter for each word, and, and that was something I feel like Burgess Meredith did in his portrayal yes. on the 60s Batman. Uh, so maybe... They had a little fun. They decided to have a little fun with his episode and yeah. make it a little. Since it's goofy, make it as goofy as possible. Yeah, and that's again what I think the strengths of it is, as quote unquote bad as it is, if, as if you're judging it just from storytelling standpoint. When you add in the context of yes, paying homage perhaps, and there is fun to be had in in this scenario just because of the ridiculousness of it. Yeah. See, you know, two children throwing you know bolas at the penguin and. 
and things like that. And the two uh, 30-year-old teenagers trying to help Batman to his feet like he's <laughs> like it's last call and Batman's <laughs> drunk or something. Like, that's pretty funny. So there's definitely, there's definitely fun to be had here. Yeah. All right. We've spent far much too time on this episode. Uh, too much, <laughs> far too much time on this episode. But uh, let's move forward to our second category. We got music. Uh, Liam, they do introduce. We hear the penguin. This is the first appearance of the penguin, as we mentioned, and uh, it is the first introduction, of course, to the penguin's theme itself, which is kind of cool. He has his own theme. Uh, yeah, that's something we we talked about obviously in our Superman episodes, where not every bad guys seem to have like a really strong theme metallo did and there's some wacky noises when brainiac shows up but it's not quite the same as right. uh those bat almost every batman villain has a theme that plays that when you hear it even if you can't think of it off the top of your head when you watch the episode you hear it and you go oh right that's the penguin that's the theme penguin that's theme. the riddler theme etc right so i love the penguin theme this that penguin theme might be I'll go out and say something Uh-oh. kind of uh, controversial. Might be my favorite villain theme. Wow. I love of... this Ooh, theme. Wow. It's probably between that and the Joker theme, but okay. I think I love the Penguin theme a little bit more because it just fits their version of the Penguin so well. It's it's kind of prim and proper, but there's something weird and a little off-kilter about it. And there's a scene later on in an episode, which we'll cover way down the road, of where he's having all of his birds dance and the theme is playing to it. Mm-hmm. And that's just burned in my brain. as like one of my very favorite scenes, one of my very favorite penguin moments that I've ever seen in anything. And that theme's a part of that. So yeah. uh, I gave music 7 out of 10 here. I really thought it was... It, was, it, it is heavily reliant on the penguin theme. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of pretty much everything, every time Batman shows up, the Batman theme plays. Right. So there's not a lot of underlying music. I did think there's some nice tension building when Penguin and his thugs show up at the house at the end. Mm-hmm. Or uh, when they're driving the Batmobile trying to get away from uh, Penguin and the thugs. I thought there's some nice underlying music, but it is pretty reliant on those two themes. But those two themes were awesome. So right. I gave it 7 out of 10. What about you? Um... S- so I, I enjoy the penguin theme definitely not as much as you do. <laughs> um, it is a it does stand out, uh, but I was a little turned off by the reliance and the heavy reliance on the theme, uh, and it reminded me of that first episode of Superman uh, where they just go back to the Superman theme over and sure. over and over and over and, yeah. over and over and over again. There's almost no uh, alternative like background music, and I get it. The penguin is featured in almost every scene in this episode. But it just seemed a little bit heavy uh, on that. For that reason, I gave it 5 out of 10. It's it's not sure. offensive. I just felt like they, there could have been... This is a case where they could have had some sort of alternative kind of background music in there. But it's hard when your plot is centered around two kids, Batman, and the Penguin. And they're all in, almost all together in every scene. Right. And they, and they it would be a lot to ask to write like a great original theme for Sherman... <laughs> the kid we're never going to see again. It's right. You know those signature pieces of music for Robin or Batgirl or somebody that's a recurring character. A ago. Sherwood. I think that's the other one of the other things the teens call him at some point when they're making fun of him. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah. So I, I think that's a fair, uh, fair point that some of the music kind of blends into the background besides the big themes. Sure. But it worked for me. So there okay, we go. Cool. Awesome. All right. Let's move on to uh, animation and visuals. I know you and I differed a little bit on this. Not. Not staggering, staggeringly different, <laughs> uh, but we did differ a little bit on this. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on some of the animations and visuals? Uh, I give it 5 out of 10. Uh, to me, there's not a lot going on. It's not bad in a lot of ways. There's a couple shots of uh, that, you know, the, the visual side of things. 
There's some interesting pers- like shots of Batman that aren't just straight ahead like you normally see or a profile shot. It's like you have a shot of him laying on the couch so his head is tilted back and you can like see his nostrils and stuff. Like you can see his uh you see his chin under the uh you know as he's laying back. So there's that's some uh different stuff. I didn't it looked a little weird, but I think it's always going to look a little weird when you in in 2D animation that's just part of part of it when the character has to look uh, you know either which is either not directly ahead or not directly to the side, it's always going to look a little weird. Yeah, I hear you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, my thought on I gave it a 7 out of 10, and the reason I gave it 7 out of 10 uh, is actually I thought of all the things in this episode, this seemed to be the best thing about the episode. Um, I really liked, as goofy as a subplot as the vulture itself was, <laughs> um, it, it was animated really, really well. Uh, it's... It was strikingly realistic, I would say, uh, which com- compared to the rest of the storyline may not be. Um, I also appreciated, of course, that the kid looked like Bruce Tim. That's always sure. A, he had Br- it was Bruce Tim with red hair, uh, <laughs> which is a cool, cool little wink. Um, but uh, I-, I wasn't offended. There was a the the sword fight scene was animated a little goofily, uh, mm. but I think the rest of it they did a pretty solid job. Everybody kind of looked on on uh, on on target. And um, uh, it, like I said, it wasn't offensive to me. I think I think it was surprising in an episode that was so maybe could have been an afterthought because it was such a goofy yeah. episode that they did take time to kind of animate it well enough. There's some cool things with the Batmobile also that are animated really well where the kids are hitting the buttons and the missile oh, sure. pops out and then the thing on the tire, the tire cutter pops out. and uh, It was cool. Okay. I, I think they did some did some good things with the animation. So I gave it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, if I didn't say I gave it 5 out of 10. So I, yeah, nothing, nothing terrible, but not a ton stood out to me. Uh, so a little bit of a difference there. Cool. All right, so... Is that enough to play our disagreement sound effect? No, I don't think so. (laughs) Darn. So, next, it looks like, uh, last but not least, Liam is voice acting. So, as we do every week, I'll hand it over to you to talk about our prime players today. I know we have a... As we talked about, this is the first appearance of the Penguin. Um, So, I'm sure we have a new voice or two to talk about today. Absolutely. We have Paul Williams as the Penguin, who did it all through the series, did it through the new Batman Adventures as well. As you pointed out off the air, did not do it in Mystery of the Batwoman. Yes, correct. Which and is a little jarring. A little bit, yeah. So, uh, certainly a voice that comes to mind, I think. It, it felt very familiar to me. Uh, I like I liked his performance. I thought he did a pretty good job. Uh, a lot, as you mentioned, a lot of his dialogue is uh, bird puns or... <laughs> Uh, or, or, or metaphor, maybe they're not puns. They're like he just calls everything some type of bird. He talks about the egg being scrambled. Also, that's true. He does make a fantastic in his very initial appearance. He does make a fantastic bird sex noise. As you yes, out. <laughs> to get the vulture to come to him. Uh, yes. he, he, uh, <laughs> he, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> we are a children's podcast. Let's, let's... Typically. Anyway, um, but I thought Paul Williams did a good job. We also had Matthew Brooks as Sherman, the uh, the lead child, was an actual child actor at the time. <laughs> not not a twenty five year old man pretending to be a child. No, uh, so and it sounds authentic. He sounds like a kid. Yeah. So uh, there's that's pluses for that. I went five out of ten for voice acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody great. I didn't think, as we mentioned. Batman's not in it very much. He has about maybe five or six lines, it seems, the whole episode. 
Uh, nobody's bad, but I didn't think this was anybody's best day as far as, uh, you know, Batman or the Penguin, obviously. Um, yeah, I went 5 out of 10. What about you? Um, I ended up scoring this a little bit higher. I gave it 7 out of 10. And the reason I did so is separating the voice acting itself as we... It's hard in these episodes because... And we did this with... Uh, the Underdwellers, a dollar in the jar. Um, it's just so it's just so easy to go to because it's the worst. Uh, we talked about that in the, in that episode that we gave the plot a three instead of a zero because the Alfred storyline was amusing. It was yeah. it was amusing, and we didn't give the whole episode zeros across the board. We gave various scores. It was low rated, but there were some scores that ranked a little bit higher than three for sure. Sure. Um, so you have to kind of separate the ca- because of the categories that we've chosen to give ourselves here. Um, you have to separate the voice acting itself from the plot and whether or not you liked the plot or whether or not you think this is too kiddie or was a ridiculous premise or just a excuse to do an homage to Home Alone and the 60s Batman. So because of that, you take the child actors into consideration, and we've seen a lot of cartoons in our life, and there are a lot of children and child actors who cannot act. Yeah. One of the endearing parts of A Charlie Brown Christmas is the fact that how terrible (laughs) some of the child actors are in that case. Yeah. Sure, that was done... 50 years before this animated series or 40 years before this animated series was done but or maybe not that much 60s i guess maybe yeah, 30 so years at least before. 30 years probably okay. or... so with that said they went out and hired real child actors to do this and it comes across as oh these aren't just t- you know it didn't sound like the producer stepson or something right. you know it didn't sound like well we just need a kid to say a few things and exactly and and because of that and uh, the penguin is great. Uh, he's Mr. Williams is, is fantastic at, overall in the series. Maybe not his strongest lines written for him in this episode. <laughs> uh, again, you have to take the whole thing into consideration. Though. So for that reason, I gave it seven out of ten, which uh, brings my total up to twenty-two out of forty. Liam, and yours was. And my final score is twenty out of forty. So not too different, shockingly. Our, our disparity is is rarely that <laughs> that much. Uh, but in this case, 22 out of 40 uh, is uh, mine. 20 out of 40 is yours. We're separated only by two. And I think it's safe to say no bonus points this week. Let's listen for the sound effect. No. <sighs> no, no bonus points this week. Darn. I, you know how much we love bonus. No sound effects at all this episode, no. actually. That's a that's a darn shame. All right. Well, uh, I guess at this point, since there are no bonus points or sounds, it's time to wrap things up. So, Liam... Uh, why don't you tell the good people at home where, if they are interested in interacting with us about this episode or past episodes, where they can do that? They can head to twitter.com, a free website. Uh, twitter.com, we're at, at DCAU Review on Twitter. I uh, love talking with people on it. Uh, and when we post new episodes, usually on Saturday mornings, always am around there, but I always check in throughout the week and, and uh, like talking and retweeting like see fan art and stuff like that that some of the various people that we follow and that follow us uh have posted so always a, a fun community to be a part of there yeah we had a good some good conversation uh over the past couple of weeks about continuity and what what fits into what with some of the watchtower guys and oh yeah it's a fun it's a fun even if even if you don't agree or if things don't don't always line up. It's such a cool forum, and Twitter gets a lot of crap, and deservedly so, because sure. sometimes <laughs> it is the worst. <laughs> but in this case, in this 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 is what.
what it was made for. This type of interaction, this oh, yeah. type of fun community aspect uh, surrounding DC, the DCAU. Um, also, just a little plug today. We are not getting paid for this, but super pumped uh, that the DC Universe streaming service has launched. Yes, sir. Very excited about that, Liam. Uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, maybe you just stumbled upon this podcast and you decided to listen to this episode of all episodes first. Uh, you can stream the entire... Maybe you've been living under a rock on top of it. You can stream the entire Batman the Animated Series, Batman Beyond, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, and Superman Animated Series all for seven ninety nine a month. And again, we are not getting paid to talk about this. So. But if they want to pay us, that would be rad. Yeah, that would be super cool. DC Universe, if you're listening to this podcast, how did you find us? Us. And second of all, yes, we will. We would love to come work for you and Mr. Didio. Yep, any time. <laughs> all right, perfect. All right, so uh, with that, again, thanks for checking us out. Don't forget, give us a subscription on iTunes or through the Google Podcasts app. Also, please, uh, if you do use iTunes, please give us a, a five-star review. That would help us out immensely. Helps us out with our popularity via iTunes. Gets more ears on the product, as they say. Nobody says that. Um, and, of course, remember, you cannot, you can find us on Facebook, Liam, but more than likely, they will not because much like the penguin featured in this episode, Mark Zuckerberg... Bird? Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. A Freudian slip turned into a wonderful accident. Maybe Mark Zuckerberg is the penguin. The guy from Gotham could play him, right? Yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. But he makes you pay to use Facebook. That's right. We have a Facebook page. You can find us on there. But more than likely, you will have to find us because you sure as hell will not be found by us. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. You you can find us, but it's going to be hard. You're going to have to search for it. So if you want to be on Facebook, you can search for the DCAU Review. Our page will come up. But uh, even if you like the page, you probably still won't see our uh, our posts in your newsfeed because that's how that's how things work now. Right. So uh, and we refuse to pay ex- Mark absolutely. Zuckerberg. Absolutely, we're we're not part of a, a fascist Superman uh, in Brave New Metropolis esque regime that Facebook is. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, yeah, but uh, feel free to contact us definitely on Twitter. You can uh, stream our episodes at DCAUReview.com. And as he, as uh, Cal mentioned, we're always on iTunes and the Google Podcast app. So whichever way you listen, we thank you for listening. Absolutely. All right, well, I guess that about wraps us up. I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. We will talk to you on the next edition of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.